So uh, the purpose of me doing this, guys, is a little morning check-in for us we can do while we have our morning coffee and um, give you some focus for the day, first of all. The first thing is just to check in with your mindset, check in with your perspective. I know we have the daily boom exercise in the Facebook thread, but this is something we can do uh, as a way of just um, documenting your thoughts, your feelings, your perspective today. Keep it on top of your mindset is gonna be number one, super important. Uh, and then number two is gonna be your strategy and having a, a focused, clear, plan of attack every day to know what to do next. So we wanna check in on your mindset. We wanna look at some peak performance rituals for you guys to set up your day with the best success possible and keep reminding you of those every day. Uh, it's a little bit of social accountability built into this. And then we wanna help you confirm what are your most critical action steps today. And then also we can go into some Q and A if there's a specific or tactical challenge you have right now, you can ask a question right now and, and, and get the benefit of me and everybody else to answer it for you. So first thing I wanna ask guys is drop me a comment, everyone who's on the line, um, drop in the chat box, uh, what's, your, what's your mindset like today? What's your perspective uh, or, or in this period in general? I mean, uh, let, let me do it this way. Drop me a number in the chat box from one to 10 10 being the highest, one being the lowest, what is your, um, how, can I, how kind of positive and optimistic are you feeling about your business, about the situation right now, on a scale of one to 10, completely honestly? Okay, so we've got eight, we've got nine, that's good. Uh, anybody lower than that? Okay, Alan's around an eight, Nick is 10, perfect. Uh, feeling very relaxed. Um, okay, guys, next question for you then is, is, um, um, is that answer a surprise to you? Did you think if I'd asked you, if I'd said a month ago or three weeks ago that your gym is gonna be closed down, you have to move all your clients online, uh, we don't know how long it's gonna be till you can reopen, um, how, how, how much would you have thought you'd be optimistic in this time? Or would you have thought you'd have panicked or freaked out? What would be that looking back? Because it's important to keep on top of perspective of, of how you would have thought about something just a month ago. So Aaron is absolutely surprised. Uh, Nick thinks it would have, would have stressed him out. Exactly right. So, so the first thing in perspective is just to look at, look at, uh, how the old you would have reacted just a month ago versus versus right now. And that's the first thing to give yourselves a, a big pat on the back for. And um, just to remember that um, the things, and, and the th same thing, so if you're also worried about things in the future, if you're concerned about how we're going to maintain this for, for three months or or what's going to happen when we reopen or whatever else, Think about that, try and hold that same perspective that if you are freaking out about something in the future now, just remember that you also thought you'd freak out about this now in the past, but you didn't. So that's shown that you guys have developed a good level of emotional resilience, emotional intelligence, and you are able to navigate the circumstances. And this is the number one thing in entrepreneurship, the number one, number one, number one thing. 
is your perspective and the narrative story you're telling yourself and your level of self-awareness. That's why identity level transformation is the first module in the FBB. And you guys want to be revisiting that every single day. So emotional resilience is, is, is literally how, how I'm able to do what I do, how many successful entrepreneurs are able to do what they do. We all go through the same circumstances. We've all got gyms closed down. We've all got people affected by this. The only difference is most people, I mean, how, 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 how mindset basically works in a nutshell is there is um, an event. There is a stimulus. Something happens that affects your life. So there's a stimulus. Uh, then there's a gap, which is the moment. Do you respond or react to it? And then there's the, and then there's the, the, the consequence, the output, right? And so um, basically that gap in the middle is what, is what literally determines the quality of your life. So most people, 99% of people out there and 90% of other fit pros, a stimulus happens. There's a government announcement. This happens, that happens, the rest of it happens. People quit, whatever. And they have, um, in a minimal response time, they immediately react, which means they're reacting means you're, 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 you're thinking unconsciously. It means that you are, um, basically your mind is lazy and it's reverting to times and situations in the past where something similar, a, a similar threat might've happened and they remember how it all went bad and went wrong. And then that tells the brain, this must also be bad. This will also be wrong. We should panic and freak out. And, and studies are showing neuro, neuroscience right now that if you react, which literally means re-enact the same as you did before, based on, so now you're applying past experience to a, to a, to a present or future um, situation, which is totally stupid. That's like saying if you had one bad boyfriend or girlfriend experience, that you no longer get into a new relationship because that person cheated on me 10 years ago. That's why most people live relationships like that. They, 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 they project their, their past onto their future, re-enacting, reacting, and it keeps them stuck in the same negative pattern forever. And they think it's the world that's terrible, but it's just their, their perspective. So instead, the more of a, rather than immediately reacting and, and, and going back to the neural pathways your, your brain has built up, instead, when, when stimulus hits, when bad news hits, when the, 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 there's a, a, me, a thing on the media or, or something bad happens, if you can just pause and breathe and attempt to widen that moment before you choose of how you react or respond, if you open up the pause, after the stimulus, there's more chance, or this is what we call presence. There's more chance in the now. If you, if you stop, you breathe, do not let yourself be affected or influenced by previous thoughts, which will come rushing to the surface, pause and breathe, um, take in the information or the stimulus without interpreting it with any judgment whatsoever. Just say, this is what it is. It is what it is. Accept it then the longer the pause you have with that, then you're able to more accurately respond versus react. And there's a huge difference whether you respond or react. So react, like I said, is reenacting unconscious thoughts, which is just pre, it's your pre-programming. It's, it's the narrative your subconscious tells you. 
based on past experience. And it's just there to protect you from making similar mistakes again. But if you learn to respond, you now move into conscious thought. You're able to, more to use the frontal lobe and different areas of your brain, which are previously um, unaccessed by most people. So when you respond, the difference with respond basically means you take responsibility. To respond means the ability to take responsibility. Response, ability, respond. It comes from the, the word responsibility, which means this thing has happened, the stimulus has happened, but I am choosing to accept it. And even if the situation wasn't my fault, what I choose to do about it is my responsibility. Otherwise, if you don't take responsibility, you're just being a victim, pretty much, right? And you're saying, you're admitting that uh, I'm just a leaf blown around in, in the winds of life and I have no control over anything in my life. And if that's the case, you know, you may as well just, just quit and go home right now. So, so responding is, is, the, is the, and you won't get this straight away. You have to learn this. You have to practice this. Same way you have to practice learning a guitar or lift or lifting weights or anything else. You've got to get the repetitions in. And that's where the more hardship you go through or the more challenge, you can either wait for hardships like this to come at you and then you can test and practice emotional resilience, which is the ability to respond, responsibility. Or you can do what we always practice is push out of your comfort zone, take new risks, innovate new things before waiting for permission from everybody else. And you force yourself into those um, different, potentially negative stimuli. And then you're giving yourselves opportunities to practice. Same when you go to the gym and you lift, you, you attempt a new PR um, weight lift. You're pushing your body into a new level of stress. You get a stimulus, but then you respond and say, no, I can lift this weight. I can do it. And you do it. And then the next time you go to the gym, that weight is the new level of normal for you. So hoisting up that 200 kilo weight for you is not, a, is not stressful. But if you brought a beginner in and said, you need to lift that weight, they would stress out. They would react. They would think about all the times they tried and failed to lift a weight. So it's the same thing in your business. The more you learn to respond, which takes practice, it takes presence. That's why I recommend the book, The Power of Now. It's probably one of the greatest books in the world on this topic learning with, with specific exercises of how to become more present to the moment and not let your, your mind react to stimulus. That is pretty much, the, it, it sounds so intangible, but it's the number one key to business. Think of what other business owners are going through right now. Think of what people like, the people who operate airlines are going through right now. People who are losing millions of pounds a day right now is happening. There are companies that have to, there, there's somewhere, there's a CEO of a company that has just had to fire 80,000 people. There's a, there's a CEO of a company somewhere who's losing a million pounds a day, right? Think about how stressful it is in those times. And, and that's why I also recommend you read a lot of books from um, people who are 20 steps ahead, people like Richard Branson or Steve Jobs or autobiographies of or, or Jeff Bezos, people like that who, who are 20 steps ahead and you'll see in all these books that they, they overcome extreme adversity. Shoe Dog is another one from Phil Knight. That's an amazing talk about adversity. Everyone should read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. If you haven't, then I don't think you have a real business education yet. 
everyone needs to read um, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Uh, and these books are all just about, you know, or read anything from, from Yassin um, Dadabe, and, and, and what you'll see is the, the same thing. The people that built six, seven, eight, nine-figure companies went through extreme adversity. Stuff that makes this seem like a piece of cake, like a walk in the park, right? Being millions of pounds in debt, you know, uh, having massive lawsuits put against them, um, you know, being, being, you know, victims of like attacks of different, of different things, um, extreme personal and financial hardship to get where they went. Their emotional resilience is the only reason they kept going and made it and after 10 or 20 years became multimillionaires. It's the only thing, right? Uh, another good book I recommend is called Unsexy Business. That's a really good favorite, uh, underrated book of mine called um, Unsexy Business. And it's a collection of UK businesses, UK-based businesses that are extremely average, like a car rental company, uh, a soap company, um, uh, a storage logistics company. It's just how, how basic, boring businesses uh, have, have started from nothing and become multi-million pound um, empires in the UK. And, um, and you'll see how the stories of every one of those people was not a walk in the park at all. And the only thing, and you ask these people, how did you get through something like that? And they say like, either they know the mindset, they're aware of how mindset works. And they say, I practiced this exact thing I'm talking about. Or if they're not aware of how it works, they just say, I have no idea, but I just knew I wasn't going to quit. And I had to come up with a solution. There comes a point where you have a gun to your head and fear will vanish. When you're at rock bottom, when everything is against you, there comes a point where fear vanishes uh, because your survival instinct will eventually kick in when your mind perceives, okay, if you're still afraid to take, to take action, you're afraid to launch an offer, you're afraid to go online, it means things aren't desperate enough for you. You're still not, you're afraid because you have conflict because one part of your brain is thinking I should do this. The other part, the, the conscious part is thinking, I know what I should be doing. I know what Justin's saying. I know it makes sense. But the other side of your brain is, is reverting to those, reacting to those old habits and saying, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? What if I look stupid? What if I lose money? And what if I get in more trouble? And that's where that conflict is. So, um, you either need to learn to be inspired and look at all the possibilities out here, which will, which will encourage you to take action. Or if inspiration doesn't work, then only desperation is going to make you move. And desperation is when things get so bad for you that you literally have, you know, no options left and fear will disappear. If you're afraid of taking action right now, for example, on launching an online program, then just wait till every single client leaves you and you have no money coming in to feed your family. Then all of a sudden, I guarantee you, you won't care about being afraid anymore. You'll just be like, I better launch the online program then or else I'm going to die. <laughs> right? And when you get to that point of desperation, fear will vanish. You will take action. Fight or flight response will kick in. Uh, and so as long as you're aware of that continuum, first of all, that's very important. Um, what questions do you guys have on that? What are your thoughts and comments on what I just talked about with mindset? Um, do you, does it make sense to you? Have you, have you um, heard or practiced this kind of thing before? Uh, and what are your thoughts on that? Have you been reacting or have you been responding mostly? Or let's do some, you know, do some self-journaling awareness right now. What, what are one or two things you've, or stimuluses you've responded well to? 
what are one or two things maybe you've reacted to or even even if you've just hesitated on something that's a reaction so what have you reacted to what have you responded to let me know in the comments or if anyone wants to jump on the mic if you'd rather express your thoughts on the mic um just go ahead and unmute yourself or let me know and um we'll have a quick chat about it Who wants to go? Anyone? Yeah, hey, I can chat about some stuff. Cool. Good, good. Who's who's that? Is that Callum? Hey, Callum, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great, Callum. Yeah, what's going on with you, man? Um so I did well with sort of going on going online and I would made sure that happened like ten days ago and I was is it, what did you say the two things were again? Really? Reacting or responding? I responded well to that. However, I reacted badly to um, getting on the phone to these new people. So I've, create, I've done everything like I should have done, created a new offer, had the online product, got all of my clients online. But now the, the phone bit's happened. I've just become overwhelmed with trying to do everything and then still be on the phone to people okay so usually most of the time not always but most of the time there is a, a an underlying fear of someone's opinion of doing it mm. we, we use time and things as an excuse right because again if you again if this was a call that you know you could make and, and the person was going to give you a million pounds you'd find time to make the call yeah would stop doing something else or you would wait until you'd work until one o'clock in the morning and then make the call so because everyone does have 24 hours. So, so, um, so there's probably, you know, maybe an underlying fear of somebody's perspective or somebody's opinion or a fear of conflict or potential conflict from somebody. Uh, what do you think, do you think there's, there's anything that could be whose opinion or what could you be actually be afraid of on some level of making that call? I think it's myself because I think the first five, well, before this, I did really well on six week challenge calls. I had a really high conversion ratio. I sold like 15 in a row my first time of doing it. Now, my first five phone calls I had on the new online offer, one person hung up like about two minutes in, one, and then the other four didn't answer. <laughs> so then I've like, the last two days, had a call bookings, and I've just been like, I don't know, I've probably dipped, my confidence has dipped slightly. So are you concerned, are you worried about, um, you know, your own sales performance going down? Are you, you know, because you're on such a high from it, maybe the dopamine response was so high before of getting all these sales in, that now it's like, you don't want to kind of tarnish that. Yeah, or, I think, yeah, or yeah. Are you also afraid of, and this is kind of talking to everyone, by the way, um, are you also maybe afraid of um, like, like you're bothering people at a time where they're not just focused on this right now? No, not that one. The first, the first part, I think, yeah. from myself, like I was doing, I felt like I was, I was on such a high. I was messaging you, I was buzzing. Everyone mm -hmm. was, everyone was spying. Everyone was answering the phone. It was going great. And obviously, I've created this new offer, which I know can still help people. I know will be it's a great offer. I've just had my first five or six phone calls. Literally, no one's answered or I've been hung That's up on. Story your mind is telling you. You might not verbalize it this way, but if you just looked at your mind as as your ego as a separate person. What is the story? What's the, what's the so-called fact? It's telling you. Your ego is saying um, you shouldn't make calls because what bad thing is going to happen? How would it describe that thing? 
fear of rejection. I don't know. Okay, so you have a, you shouldn't make the call in case you get rejected. Basically, is yeah. saying yeah. Okay, yes, and, so why, and, and why does your ego think that would be bad? What is it? What is it? Be, what's being threatened there? I'm not sure. So your ego, so you know, your ego is gonna, and usually it comes down to like the four basic human needs, right? We we, we get triggered when we we feel our ego feels that um, either your certainty, uh, like say probably financial certainty is being threatened, uh, your um, variety and freedom is being threatened, your sense of significance as a person is being threatened, or your connection to other people is being threatened. So it could be one or a number of those things. Probably financial security and then the fourth one. I've gone from being like very, I'm very social and love the, <laughs> the whole group stuff. Yeah. I'm sitting on my own in my gym, gym all day because my wife at home stopped working and talking to people through a computer. Yeah. So it's like being accepted. It's connection to other people or being accepted by other people. Mm. Significance is being admired by other people or, or, or leading in some way. And, and as Tony Robbins points out, you know, if, if a behavior... Um, if, if your ego senses that a behavior or an action or a thought will, um, I will, 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 um, achieve three or more of these needs, it becomes an addiction the same way that if you think of a, beha a behavior or an action would threaten three or more of these needs, it becomes an anti-addiction. It becomes something you'll never do. <laughs> right. So you know, this thing you're doing, what things you do in life that you do consistently, regularly, uh, going to the gym, where your non-negotiables in life, building your business, going to the gym, being with your family, you do this because it meets, you, you perceive it meets three or more of these needs. So, it's, so you do it every day. Anything that you don't do, it's because you think it would threaten more than three of these needs in general. So, so okay, let's look at financial certainty. So the, your ego is now telling you that if you make this call and they say no and you get rejected, that's going to threaten the money you have. So you shouldn't do it. It's what your ego is telling you, right? Which is wrong. The opposite of what I need to do. Yes. And that's the thing about the ego. The ego is not always, not only wrong, it's telling you this because it wants to protect you from taking the action. It's not, this is a super important point about the ego that no one talks about in mindset. Not only is the ego wrong, the ego tells you the exact mirror opposite. It's a 180 flip. So the opposite is actually the truth. So the answer is contained in, in the, the real answer, the real truth. What the ego is doing, it's actually giving you a lifeline by saying, this is what I think is true. But actually the complete opposite is true. So whatever the ego is telling you, the exact opposite is the real truth. If it was just telling you something that is wrong, you, you wouldn't actually know what the real answer is then. You're kind of left in the dark. But because you know it's a 180 opposite, it's a, it's a mirror illusion. You say, that's not wrong, but what is right? What is true then? It's the exact opposite. So think about it, right? And it's totally illogical. What it's telling you is totally illogical. So the opposite would be, you have a better chance of attaining financial certainty if you make the call, right? Really? Yeah. If you don't make the call, you have no chance of attaining more financial security. So what you do is now, now we're getting into that presence. The stimulus is your ego saying, don't make the call. Now we've, rather than just reacting and saying, okay, I won't do it. I'll just pretend I'm too busy with other things. 
now we've stopped, now we've really widened, this is what we're doing right now, we've widened that, that moment of pause in between the stimulus and what we decide to do. You've analyzed it, you've shined light on it, you've used your rational thinking present mind to say, ah, maybe this is what the ego is telling me, and this is a fear it's telling me, and it's totally illogical, but I don't, I don't, I don't interpret it with judgment, it's, it's probably doing it to keep me safe. Uh, and not to threaten these, these, these very cool human needs. But now your brain can go ask the next question. And now we know what's really happening. Now we can ask, is it really true? What the ego is telling you, is it really true? No. No. Is there any part of it that could be true, logically? No. Right? And, and then this is what, if you practice this, is what tells your brain, ah, oh, I should probably start making that call then. And you should, you, you might sense the fear kind of going away and even being replaced with a bit of inspiration right now of, fuck yeah, I wanna go and make that call. What, so what do you feel right now about making the call? You feel the same, do you feel more inspired? Do you still feel afraid? What, what do you feel exactly? Now I feel more inspired about doing it. I know it, cause I know it's like, I know it's stupid. I know I can do it and I've done it. And I know that's what I need to be doing. So. So, so now, we're in, now we're getting into that positive state. Now you can keep analyzing that and now you can use the ego in a, in a, in a productive way, right? The ego should be a tool to help you. None of, we would not do any of this if it wasn't for ego. Ego is not a bad thing. If we had no ego, we'd all just sit on mountaintops and meditate all our lives because we'd, we'd need and do nothing. So now if we know the ego is, is capable of telling you a negative story which stopped your action, we can now use that same ego to create a positive story that fuels you to action. And by the way, the positive ego story we can create is just as, just as not true, really. It's only a perception. So now we can think of if the narrative the ego was telling me was, don't do this because I might get rejected, I could lose financial certainty. What is a positive reason we could say? What is a reason we could come up with to say, I should make this call because if I do, it's going to add you know, who's it going to help and, and what value is it going to give to the world? Why is it, you know, why should I actually make the call? What reasons can you think of why should you make this call right now? So I'm helping all of the women that I'm speaking to on my program. Who else are you helping? Um, my business, my tribe training. Yeah. Myself. Yourself. Yeah. So by making this call, you're helping yourself, helping your business, helping your loved ones, helping those people make a difference. Right. And again, all these just perspectives, none of these are inherently true either. That's still the ego. Mm. Right. But we're now we're just using the ego and say, well, let's play a game where I make believe my reality and I believe this instead. Um, and it's called reframing, you know, and I do this like all the time. I've practiced this for many years with all things. You know, it's kind of a game. You don't get too lost in it that you actually think you're like, you know, the Jesus Christ savior or anything, but if, I could, if my ego is going to give me a choice to believe that this is all crap and I shouldn't do this call and I'm bothering people, I'm, I'm taking value away, or I should make the call because I'm adding value and it's great, no one can prove that either one of those things is true or false, but you have to pick one to live your life by. And so if you just pick the positive belief and play that game, then before long, it just becomes your... It just becomes your default. That becomes your new reaction where you come to a point where when emergency and crisis hits, first responders, as they say, are the people that 
You know, people, some people by default, if a, if a burning building's there, most people run away. Some people just by, by their default run into the building to see if they can help someone. And you're like, how do they do that? Well, it's because that's people who have trained the opposite reaction. They've trained their brain to say, if I do not do this thing, you know, they're actually more afraid of not taking that action because not running into the burning building would threaten their needs more than staying out of it. Mm-hmm. It's both just perspectives. But so we run our lives on narrative. You'll never get rid of a narrative. You'll never get rid of the ego. We just have to refocus it on being, and this is what I did when I, when I, when I first started going my fitness business, I, I didn't outsource anything. I wouldn't even give my clients to another trainer. So I wouldn't take any holidays because my fear was if I outsourced it, I would lose everyone that the business has to depend on me. And I was scared of giving it to somebody else. Then after I uh, had an illness in my family, I had to move back to the UK. Everything fell apart here because it was all just based on me. But then when I returned a year later, I had a new fear. Now I was afraid that if I didn't outsource everything, I was afraid of everything depending on me because what if it all falls apart again? I had a new reference experience in my life, a new painful stimulus that said, it's worse for you to do everything on your own. Right? And it just shifted my my neural pathways. So it's like some people can can love motorbikes and love riding motorbikes and think, I'm going to ride motorbikes for the rest of my life. Then they get one bad accident the stimulus, they wake up four hours later in a hospital bed and say, I'm never touching a motorbike ever again in my fucking life. That's how fast their neural pathways rewired. They're not thinking like, oh, you know, I really would love to go on my bike, but I really shouldn't. They're like, don't, don't know. Or people have the same thing with dogs if they're attacked by a dog when they're younger. So your brain will literally repattern its beliefs to give you a new reaction to something, the more intense the stimulus is. And so, so either, either, either a, a situation happens with intensity, emotional intensity and trauma, which can repattern your brain immediately. So then you have the total opposite effect and you, you a sense run into the burning building or you, when, when everything is falling apart for business owners, you, you just quickly step up and get out there and say, what do we need to do? This is good. We can do something. Right. That's why I just put out so much content fit pros and step things up. And I'm almost, almost excited because I get to step up and do something that usually we don't get to do. Right. Um, and if, if you don't have that intense emotional experience, then you have to condition the neural pathways to think differently through repetition, through getting the reps in. Right. If you do a combination of both, um, with putting yourself in higher intensity situations and also repeating the same uncomfortable actions um then you get to a point of just so much resilience where stuff like this just makes you it honestly guys it sounds horrible but like through all this thing like when it all happened i'm my first response now is literally just to smile and it's like when you get into a box everyone knows there's mma or boxing and you get you get punched and you actually smile anybody had that before you know, or does MMA boxing where you're in a match and there's so much adrenaline, you get a smack to the mouth. Um, and you know, it's all a game. So you just kind of like spit your blood and smile and get back in the game. Cause this is like fun for you. Right. Anyone does martial arts or boxing is like, knows that's what happens. Right. It's, it's, it's so weird, but we've just trained our brains differently. And when all this is falling apart, 
I'm, I'm, I can't, I've been telling you guys for a while, I can't fucking wait for the world to melt. This is going to be so much great opportunity for us. Um, but that's a mindset I've conditioned over time. My first, my first recession I went through when I worked in a gym 12 years ago, I had no idea what was going on. Right. But, but I had a boss back then and he was probably panicking. If I had, if this had happened uh, when I was back then in a gym and I was the owner, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I would have fallen apart like a snowflake. Uh, but you know, at this time through 12 years of doing this, you just know that these things come and go. Nothing is not, everything is temporary. Nothing lasts. You don't get attached to the material. You don't get attached to the outcome. You just get attached to the process and the gym and the fun of taking action day to day and seeing what happens. Okay, guys. So how are you all feeling based on that? Any questions on mindset? Um, okay, Callum, does that help you with your calls yeah, or anything? Massively, yeah, thank you. Any questions? No, all good. It's going to get, get on with it. Good stuff. Okay, right, guys. So let's talk about um, daily steps, okay? So uh, we've got to look at um, – I've got my board right here. So uh, we've got on our board right here um, – Three things basically, guys. We have uh, retention, looking after clients. We have um, getting the new local, um, number one, retaining your clients, putting a really good social program together for them. Number two is going to be getting your lead generation out there to continue making new sales and get your offer out right now to the public, uh, maybe a few days even before everyone's really looking at it. Get it out there to show that you're doing a lockdown program at home. You have a new solution for people. Your market just got 10x bigger, by the way, right? Because you've got all the other competing boot camps who are not doing this yet because they're procrastinating, because they're listening to their stories, because they have stories like, I can't use Zoom. It's too, it's too complicated, right? Like nonsense like that. Um, so you can get in right now, get there first, get a program out. You've got all the, the big commercial gyms in your area that have hundreds or thousands of members they're doing nothing for. They can become your clients now. And you're going to have the added bonus of people in the market who weren't in the fitness market before, but now they would consider working and doing fitness with you. A, because they're going to be bored. Two, because their friends are doing it. Uh, and three, because now they have the time and, and also the money since you're doing a lower barrier product maybe. Right. Uh, because, because being social and part of something is a higher human need right now. Remember, as we go into isolation, out of those human needs, um, you know, certainty is being threatened right now. They don't know economically. They, they're uncertain about the health of their families. Um, they're uncertain about what's going to happen. Their whole life has been shaken up. Secondly, they, they have their freedom and variety has been threatened. Um, people don't are thinking they're going to be bored. They'll have nothing to do. They can't do fun things anymore. They don't have any freedom or adventure. Thirdly, significance. I mean, that's taking a hit for everyone right now, but also then connection. People's connection with other people is being threatened because they sense they won't be able to hang out with friends or, make, or meet new people anymore. So your program now needs to step up and deliver on all these aspects. Number one, predictability, routine. Say, guys, it's all a big mess. Let's get you back into a routine. Let's keep your fitness and your nutrition on track. Let's give you a structure to your day um, so you can get back to some kind of normal routine and some kind of normalcy. That's going to be massive value for people right now. 
variety, fun, entertainment, that's going to be massively valuable for people. So putting on the social stuff, um, you know, the, the, the quiz nights, the games, the distractions, activities, giveaways, things like that in your calendar. Significance, um, that's going to be um, not as important right now. Uh, but really the social connection then, putting on the virtual coffee mornings, training in a group. Um, the social, the, the significance, you can do that by doing your one-to-one follow-ups with your clients. So in, in, in addition to the community, you guys should be doing, uh, we're doing like two, at least twice a week, one-to-one follow-ups with our clients right now. And, and that's when they can get a sense of significance that you reach out to that person personally and with an audio or a video message or a phone call or a text message and just say, hey, despite all that's going on, everyone running around, how are you doing? I just want to check on you. How are you doing? That gives people a sense of significance that people do care about their problems, even though everyone's going through similar stuff as well. Right? So, so your program for your clients and obviously the program for new people too can address and emphasize these four human needs. And if you can show people demonstratively how your program, you know, it gives them all these four human needs and they feel that, guess what happens when three or no, when three or more needs are met by a behavior? What did I say happens? Addiction, right? This is why they, they will sign up to your monthly social fitness package and will not quit. Then the deeper we go into lockdown, the more attention you should get. Okay. And then once you've built up, once they've anchored you in their mind, especially for the new people, once over the next two or three months, they've anchored you in your mind that you are the person or your company is the solution that helped them with these four needs in this time. This will be a subconscious. They're not going to verbalize it like this, like, Hey, Callum, you really helped my sense of significance during this time. They're not going to verbalize it like that, but subconsciously the brain is wired. To, the, to look for these four things. And if it knows that, and, and the brain will communicate it in, in terms of feeling. So when they think about you, they'll feel the warm fuzzies because they know, ah, Callum made me feel something. They'll say it made me feel good. They might not be able to verbalize it, but I can tell you what it means is Callum or Annabelle or whoever made me feel certain of my routine. They made me feel, it gave me variety and fun. They made me feel um, significant. They made me feel like I stand out and they made me feel like I fit in at the same time. So it's kind of two antagonistic needs. You have certainty and variety. People are fickle creatures, right? We want to be, we want a certain routine, but we want fun and excitement and surprises too around that. And we want to fit in with connection, but we also want to stand out of the crowd with significance. And if you can meet those antagonistic needs, people are going to be addicted to you. Uh, and as Nick says here, yeah, we're going to sort out then the new roles for your coaches. You need to train your coaches in this, train your team, your community managers and all of this. You have to emphasize to your coaches over and over again that what we're selling now is a social club, that we have to address these four needs in people. We have to put this first and foremost. And, and fitness and workout programming and all that really falls to the wayside. You guys could do jumping jacks for half an hour as a workout. It wouldn't fucking matter right now. So don't get caught up in, I've got to make the best programmed workout in the world. Make it fun. Make it fun. Give it routine. Make people, you know, make people feel good by giving them prizes and giveaways and reaching out to them. 
and make them feel connected and part of something. And then you can now go to your team and say, this is what we have to focus on. This is, if we do this, we will retain people. If we, if we're dropping people, then, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not really doing this. Okay. And that's a good, Mike says here, a good exercise to brainstorm all the possible touch points we can make for these four human needs. Yeah. Great. And we have that. That's what we talk about in retention is what do you do? How do you turn those needs into practical quantifiable actions? right? Every single day. We do this in a gym setting where our trainers are, are trained to make physical contact with each client at least twice per workout. We have to refer to each person by first name twice per workout. Um, we have to, you know, um, give group commands and also give individual coaching once per workout. Now we have to adapt that. How do we do that with online, uh, the online barrier? So um, that's retention, guys. Um, then there's getting your, your adapting your funnel, your front end offer, um, and then there's going to be talking about content marketing and what we do publicly. But I want to make sure that first of all, you guys have your client timetable dialed in. How are we going to address all these needs on a virtual timetable for your clients? Give them a social schedule. We have on ours. Um, we have on our on our virtual gym timetable. We have. Our, our workouts three to four times a day. We have the virtual coffee morning um, every morning. We have uh, games nights on Friday. Uh, we have um, a couple of you know, workout or nutrition cooking challenges each week. And we're also doing imprompt, um, impromptu things as well. So just last night, we put a random post in our men's group and just said, look, who's around 8 p.m., any guys around 8 p.m., jump on for a, a social beer. Br bring a kind of beer and let's jump on the line, have, a, have, a, have a, a lads chat. And we had about 20 guys jumped on within half an hour, right? So we're also just doing impromptu things like that. And you'll be amazed how responsive people will be, um, you know, with just, wow, something to do, people to talk to. If you're hosting that, you're facilitating that a couple of times a week, they're going to think very hard about canceling their subscription with you after, after the weeks go on. So I want you guys to focus first of all on dialing your client service in right now. Make sure it's first and foremost to retain all your current clients. And also when you get new people in, they're hooked and they have to tell their friends straight away. Because if all the people start spending all their time with you, then they're going to, you're going to get way more referrals because when, when your client's friends are texting them, what are you up to? Do you want a video chat? I'm bored. How's it going? I can't be asked to cook anything. I'm getting fat. Your clients are just going to say, you need to join. Oh, I'm just about to do the, the, the social coffee morning or, 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 the, or the social meetup or the games night with, with, with Callum or with Annabelle. Why don't you join us? Right? And you tell your clients, they can maybe give a free week pass to all their friends or something. And you will start seeing referrals be sucked in so fast on this, guys. And when they get an experience for a week of your timetable, they'll probably want to pay you the money to carry on. It's also a good time then if people are still hesitant about doing it, they, they'll want to. But if they can't do it, they feel because of money concerns, then you can offer that local influencer method or the referral rewards program method where you say, Okay, look, if you've lost your job, if money is really tight, you can't afford the 60, 70, 100 pounds a month, we get it. Maybe we can give you a discount of 50% um, if you can help us out or you give more value to us. Uh, and you can 
dedicate, you know, commit to giving out X, 10, 10 free passes a week. Uh, and you, you post about us on social media and you share all our posts and everything and tell your friends on social. And that is going to work so much better right now. So, so even if people, you know, and I would, I would make sure that you only have that conversation one-on-one -on -one with someone. Don't put that, don't put that offer out to all your clients because otherwise they're all going to suddenly have financial problems. I want to do half off. Right. But if they come to you and they, they can show they've lost their income or they have a really bad state, um, not just because they feel they haven't got money, but they have to show you I've lost my job. This has been affected whatever. Um, take it on a case by case basis. And if you really feel then that, um, you know, that's the case, then do that. Um, and we're going to then talk about social networking. We're going to talk about how you do endorsed and, and, and work with other businesses in this time, how you can help other businesses out and get a viral effect. Uh, fundraisers, we're going to talk about all that probably in the days to come. Let's just get you focused first on your clients, on your product. What is your social timetable? Uh, post up in the mastermind group today, guys, as soon as you've got your virtual timetable done, um, post it up for us. Um, now is the time that all, we can all share ideas, um, inspire the other fit pros to keep, to keep taking action as well in the group. Let's pull each other along um, and let's crack on with that, guys. So any questions, um, any random Q&A about anything else I can help you guys with right now or are we good to go? Justin, I just had this come through. Uh, who's that? Who's speaking? <laughs> I can't see. What have you? What have you got come through? Just had my, I mean the paper this morning. It got published. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, awesome. from, I just had a photo shoot of Saturday. How I've gone online. Brilliant. Yeah, media is a huge opportunity right now, guys. Um, and so, how did you? How did you? What was your? How did you manage to get that published for everyone to know? I just never had a story and you just said about getting a story. So I thought I'm the only one in my town going online. So I just called up the local paper and he come out Saturday and it was in there Thursday. Okay. And what did you, you contacted the paper and told them like, this is what you've got going on. Yeah. I basically sent him an email and messaged him on Facebook saying I'm yeah. all of my guys are still training online. We're doing this zoom thing and we're still helping people. Do you want to come and have a look and then he come and put the photos and then it was in the, it's in the paper just this morning. So listen up, guys. Let me just um, grab a document. Hang on. So look, this is why your vision statements are going to be so powerful now because you know some of you guys are probably thinking, well, everyone's doing home workouts, everyone's doing online now. Why would the media talk about me? Yes. Well, first of all, if there's a hundred PTs and boot camps in your town, let's say, right? Well, let's say there's fifty of them. Out of those fifty, only twenty-five are going to bother going online. The rest are too worried that they can't set up a Zoom account, right? Because they're fucking idiots. So out of 25, only 25, half of them will get online anyway, right? Out of the 25 who are online, probably only five will actually contact the media about it. Probably less, right? Let's say just five contact the media. Out of the five who contact the media, only one of them, and that's if you're in this program, is going to be the one that actually has a real story. Because there's a big difference, right? Where most of them who, who approach the paper or media will just say, um, feature me because I'm live online, right? But so is everyone. Who cares? So is Joe Wicks. The difference is your vision statement, your Trojan horse. When you say, look, our company is dedicated. Our, I made a vision statement, like in our case, 
that we be transforming men's physical, mental, and emotional health with community coaching education. There's not the word gym on there anywhere, right? And you say to the media, this was our vision statement. And now because of what's happened, even though our gym was closed, um, we can still, we're still more dedicated to this than ever because people's physical health has been threatened um, and their mental and emotional well-being has been threatened too. So we've created a new service and our intention is to build the, the largest community for your area, the largest online community where we can still deliver um, you know, social connection, mental, emotional well-being and physical fitness to people because it's our vision statement to do so. Not because everyone else is doing it, not because Joe Wicks is doing it, not because it's cool, not because my mentor told me to, right? That's everyone else's story. If they're even going to the paper, you go in with this, this motherfucker will get you featured in no time because you've got a real story now of like local business has a vision to do this and now is stepping up and, and pledges to create the largest online community a fitness social community for the entire area. You should want to dominate the absolute shit out of this guys. Right. Um, but that should be your intention. Right. And so, um, that's it guys. Start contacting journalists. Um, you know, and yeah, uh, um, you know, Mike's asking about pink, you know, doing the press release, but guys look, don't get caught up on like templates and two unstripped scripts and shit like that. That is your fear kicking in. Go contact a journalist. It's not hard. Find a local paper, look at the number, find them on LinkedIn, find them on, ask your audience, ask your clients. Hey, does anybody here know someone connected with local media stations? You'll get 10 contacts in half an hour. Those people, journalists still have to work from home. They are desperate for stories right now, right? They'll give you the press release template or we don't, we don't use press release templates. They come and interview us. They just say, oh yeah, this sounds really good. We have a vision, we have an outline of the vision in one paragraph, like I just said, this is what we're doing. And our intention is to make the biggest online community. The journalist goes great. The journalist knows how to put a, how to, how to put a press release together. They don't need your help doing that. They'll say, cool. Can I call you in half an hour? Ask you a few questions. I'll interview you and I'll turn that into a, um, into a press release. Right guys. So yes, sure. Like, you know, look for and search for press release templates if you want to. But don't wait for that. Don't wait for this template before you go and do this. You should jump off the call, go and make contacts with people, get on the phone right now, um, and, and you can be featured by end of today. Seriously, guys, right? There's no excuses for any of you. All right? So let's go kick ass. I'm great, great that Callum brought that up at the end. Uh, I don't think there's any other questions. Oh, hang on. Quick question. Our five-day trial with the corporate company is ending this week. I've asked for more feedback on it today. Any suggestions on turning it into a regular retainer for ongoing work? I never partnered with a corporate company, so not sure where to start. Um, okay, this is something that I can, probably, I can probably do as a bigger training on the whole corporate setup. I won't take up your time here today with it. Um, but essentially, I guess it's gonna, it's gonna depend on what you've done in five days with them. I mean, you would probably reflect back to them Okay, in five days, in the trial of five days, this is what we've been able to do for your employees. Would you like more of that, essentially? You know, where would they like, would they like to keep getting those results? With a corporate program like that, after your trial period, which is a good idea to do a trial period, 
Five days isn't really enough though. Usually we would do a trial period, we have like six to 12 weeks where we'd get some baseline data and we'd quantify. For corporate, you've got to show them that you've got to show them measurable results, that hard data and soft data that their employees benefited and make them aware of, of what increased employee fitness and happiness is worth as a dollar or pound amount to their company. So um, you would show them like, this is the results we've had, hard data as in people have lost this much weight, they did three workouts a week, and also soft data, like we surveyed the clients and they found their stress levels are down, their sleep, sleep quality is up, their work-related stress is down, and so on. Um, if you can quantify data like that for a company, same way with a client, if you do a 21-day trial for a client, if they see results, they'll ask you, how do we carry on? they've got a quantifiable return. Um, so you've got to look at what returns you've given them in five days. And then you can scale a corporate program either through maintenance. So let's say you've taken on 10 people for this. You say, do you want to keep me work? I'll keep working with the same 10 people in a month to month basis. Or so you can maintain lengthways or you can scale upwards and say, okay, we've put 10 people into the trial we've got good results, would you like us to repeat this again for a longer period, but with more employees, maybe with 50 employees or a new department or whatever else, and you start scaling up so you eventually get more and more of their workforce into the program. And that depends on how big the company is. It could be 3,000 employees, where you start with 30 of them. It could be 10 employees. I, without knowing the context, it's hard for me to know. But that's your options. You show them these were the demonstrable results or effects. Would you like us to continue working with this group long term? We do a three month rolling contract, or would you, or should we scale it to to give the same thing to more people now? And you would then renegotiate your costs because you might have more costs in scaling. Maybe you can do ten people on your own. If you have to scale to work with fifty people, maybe you have additional costs in technology or people or time that you would then renegotiate and give a new proposal. All right. Okay, guys, good stuff. Um, great, guys. So let's crack on today. Same time tomorrow. We'll keep this as a rolling thing. Let me know your feedback in the group. Is this helpful? Um, make a post in the mastermind if this helped. And uh, we'll speak to you guys very soon.